You are listening to The Rouge Report, brought to you by Young's Equipment, your Vodderstad headquarters. As this year's crop goes in the bin, it's never too early to plan ahead for next year's seeding season. Vodderstad Seedhawk seeders are known for their ability to maximize the potential of the plant. Vodderstad, precise, reliable. Remember to go to youngs.ca, use the podcast code ROUGE, R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a writer's prize package. Welcome to the Rouge Report, presented by Young's Equipment. I'm Cody Fajardo. And I'm Isaac Harker. Follow along as we tackle CFL topics one point at a time. Rider Podcast. Welcome into episode 16 of the Rouge Report, and today we have a special treat. NFL player Dakota Shepley. Man, he was a beast for us last year, but I'm really looking forward to our listeners listening to this interview. How'd you feel about it, Isaac? No, nah, he's just he's just a really cool dude, so he's he's fun to talk to anyways, and he's a great football player. So, I mean, you guys aren't going to want to miss this he's one. He's so easy to talk to. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, he, he gives off that persona with his long hair, which we talk about him possibly cutting it off soon. But, uh, you know, his beard and his long hair, and he just gives that, like, grunge look. And then you walk up to him, and you're like, dude, this is the coolest guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Yeah, love that dude. So last week we uh, went into our sandwich fantasy draft and it looks like by the listeners, you might have won that one, unfortunately. And there was a few fans that wrote in that we missed some picks. Uh, we would have loved to gone a 10, 10 round draft, but uh, who wants to listen to a 10 round draft of a sandwich <laughs> fantasy draft? So this week, I think Isaac, you got a new, a new draft for us. Yeah, I got a new game. It's uh, I didn't give us both time much much time to prepare, so I think it'll be pretty even. But we're gonna field an entire offensive fantasy team of completely NFL quarterbacks. Okay, so, so a running back, team, yeah, go ahead. A, yep. yeah, a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and then a bonus round where we each pick one lineman. One lineman. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it'd be funny. Okay, QB. Let me just write this down so I can keep my draft. A QB, two running backs. Yep, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and then we'll have a bonus round for a lineman. No kicker? Um, Should the bonus round be the kicker? Sure. Okay. I'll have um, my guy be an O-lineman and a kicker. <laughs> He's got a block <laughs> and kick? That's impossible. Oh, he can do it. All right, so we're drafting, uh, let's see, two, four, six, seven guys. Easy yeah, money. Exactly. All right, since you won the uh, sandwich, I will let you have the first pick. Should we snake draft this or should we just go alternate? I think we should just go alternating unless you want to okay. go snake. No, no. Alternating is fine. But, uh, and you can draft in any order. So like your first pick doesn't have to be your quarterback and et cetera. I would hope not because yeah. running backs is how you score points. Exactly. So with my very first pick in the QB draft, I'm taking Lamar Jackson as my running back. Yeah, he's a no-brainer, right? No brainer. He's a no-brainer. I'm going with Kyler Murray as my running back. Wow, huge. Have you seen him put guys on skates? Man, it's incredible. The only thing you got to be concerned about is durability, but, man, that guy's got the shakes. Yeah, that'll make you quakes. <laughs> <laughs> no question about it. And then my very second pick was actually my second choice, so I'm happy. Uh, my other running back is going to be Josh Allen. 
Yeah, see, I was thinking about him. He's a fullback. He's a bruiser, a guy you can give it down in the red zone. See, I got um, the I got the running back in Josh yeah. Allen, the every down back, and then I got my change of pace back in Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Deshaun Watson with my second pick. He can be a wide receiver or he can be a running back. A I think it's a pretty yeah, a good flex. Exactly right. And then uh, my next pick, I'm going to go ahead and take my quarterback just because I, I want him, and it's Patty Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, that's him on the board that this late, pretty crazy. Yeah, huge. Um, now that you got your guy, I'm going to have to go with, I think, the MVP of this year, yep. Russell Wilson, as my quarterback. Had, that would be a no-brainer. I had those two listed at quarterback because I knew those two would be taken, so I'll just take the other one. <laughs> Yeah. And then for my next pick, I'm taking my first wide receiver off the board, former college D1 wide receiver Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, he does not have he's he's I, I don't know if he's got the bounce anymore. But the, didn't they put him in uh last year or maybe 2 years ago they put him in to play some receiver? Yeah, I'm not sure. I just know he's got the route running ability and uh he's he's done it before at a high level, so I'm like, "Hey, I'm just going to take him. He'll be our veteran leadership at the position." I'm going with an absolute mismatch for this wide receiver, Cam okay. Newton. You cannot cover Cam Newton, especially if we get down in the red zone. He is going to moss anybody on your football Great team. Great pick by you. Great pick by you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take another receiver next. I'm going to go ahead and take the speedy Dak Prescott. Ooh, Dak's it. Yeah, he's a sleepy pick. I, I like that um, pick out of you because he's sneaky athletic and, and can move around. Um, yeah, man, I'm thinking, okay, running back or tight end here, mm -hmm. running back wise, I, I got to get another running back yep. and I'm, I'm torn between, you know what I might, okay, I'm going to go, I'm actually going to change it. I'm going tight end mm -hmm. here and I'm going with big Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, that was my O-line pick. <laughs> <laughs> big Ben at tight end. He can block, he can catch, he can, uh, that's about yep. it. <laughs> Doing a great job out there. All right, with my next pick, I'm going to take my tight end because that's the only position that I haven't filled, and I'm going to pick Dwayne Haskins. Mm, Dwayne Haskins is a smart pick there. Big He's body, a big guy body. too. Yep. Um, all right, my next running back. Uh, I kind of stuck myself behind the eight ball here. I have a couple in mind that are uh, that are still on the board. I'll see if you. I'll let you know if you picked them or not. All right, I'm thinking between two guys. I'm going either uh, – I'm going to go – he's hurt right now, so does injuries no, count or no? You're picking Tyrod? Okay. Tyrod. It was Taylor. either him yeah. or Herbert or Bear or whatever, however you say his name. Yeah, yeah. I'm going Tyrod Taylor. I was thinking Tyrod Taylor or Derek Carr. Derek Carr is sneaky okay. athletic. Okay, I can respect that. Who's your kicker? Now, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I don't know if any of them have the ability to kick or anything like that. And if you can't tell, I'm absolutely stalling for time right now, well, I think. <laughs> um, I'm just going to take a safe pick because he could be my backup quarterback if necessary. I'm going mm. to take Nick Foles, the goaded backup of all time. <laughs> See, I was going similar thought process. I think I'm going... Uh... With Philip Rivers, the guy's been in the league so long, he has to know how to do a drop kick, just like Doug Flutie. <laughs> and nothing else, we will be the trash talk champions because when he trash talks, it is hilarious. And he like won't swear, so he's saying like dad right. gummit and stuff. 
That's that's what's hilarious about it. Give me your team. Okay. For the fans. All right. Whose team of quarterbacks it would score the most points? So I've got Patty Mahomes at quarterback, Josh Allen at running back, Lamar Jackson as the change of pace running back. We'll get him 15 touches a game, though. Don't even worry. We got Tannehill at receiver, Prescott at receiver, Haskins at tight end, and old BDN Nick Foles at kicker. I love your running backs and not a big fan of your receivers. I think you're going to be a run-heavy team, which uh, we're going to load the box up and we're just going to say throw it. <laughs> I'm going Russell Wilson, QB, which can run, turn into a, a running back. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, running back, athletic. Kyler Murray, he's got the shakes that will make you quake. We talked about that. My receivers are nasty. Cam Newton, big body, go up and get it. Deshaun Watson's going to blow by you. And then Big Ben there, holding it down. And anytime we're in the red zone, just run him on a little stick route and just throw it right oh at that God. body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Our Madden philosophies could, couldn't differ more between our teams. I'm run heavy here. You're pass heavy with yours, but it's exact opposite in Madden. I know, yeah. I run the ball like 40 times a game. <laughs> Cause, cause I we talked about this. I just yeah, I struggle with Madden. I don't want to go down that road again. It's just but. the meta to run the ball too. Like, it's just the most effective yeah. tactic available. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Did you watch the Monday night game? Speaking of uh, yeah, I did running the, the Mahomes never ceases to amaze me with, I mean, just week in and week out. Can he let Russell Wilson have a little bit of love? It's like. Russell Wilson's playing well. No, no one else can play better than me. Mahomes goes out there and scores, what, five touchdowns or four touchdowns? Yeah, and the thing is, he he does it in style, too. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, and I think the most frustrating thing is he does it in, like, most uncharacteristics way, right? You don't just drop back and play. He goes out, runs around, makes these sidearm throws. And I, I tell my quarterbacks this all the time. Do not watch Patrick Mahomes and think that you can go out there and do that in your high school football game. Because you are not that talented. You know, one of the craziest throws I've ever seen was actually A-Rod against the Saints on Sunday night where he's rolling out to his left on like a boot mm -hmm. and he like kind of skips and twists his hips and just bombs at 55 yards right in the to bucket. To Lazard? To a, yeah, to a completely covered Lazard and it was just a perfect yeah. pass. Like I was like, what? I know. It's insane. Isn't that frustrating? It's like, man, these guys are just so talented. Like if I try to do that, I'm ending up 30 yards short in the DB's chest and we're going to <laughs> we're going to have to try and tackle them. Oh man. Yeah, they're just nutty with it, dude. Yeah, but I mean, speaking of the Monday night game, there was so much hype around this game and it just did not live up to it. Uh I think the Ravens looked terrible. The one thing I do know is the Chiefs, they kind of laid an egg and barely won uh, against the Chargers, and so they came out and they wanted to show the entire league that look, they didn't fall off. There was just one bad week. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like like they said in the broadcast, like the last five times the Super Bowl MVP has matched up with the MVP from the previous season, the Super Bowl MVP takes it every time. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's. Do you think that's Do you think that's because the team's better? Most of the time, when you're an MVP, like that means you just had a great statistical year. But when you're a Super Bowl MVP, your team's in the Super Bowl, which means you got a great team around you. Do you think that's part of the reason why, or? Um, it might be, and like, just because. You you know I don't know. It seems like it does have something to do with it. If it's five out of five, that's pretty, pretty good odds. You know. <laughs> yeah. Would you? Uh, do you think if you 
put any quarterback in the Chiefs system, they would be putting up numbers like Mahomes? Not Mahomes numbers, but they're putting up numbers. I mean, just look at when Alex Smith was quarterback and when Andy Reid was there. He was going True. on. True. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a good point. And that's I think that's the one thing people talk about about Mahomes, right? Is oh put him in a different system, but you can't because he just signed a 10-year deal, so he'll be in that system as long as Andy Reid wants to coach. Well, and you also look at Andy Reid's track record. Like He made Donovan McNabb look like an MVP. He's made Michael Vick look like an MVP after he was out of football for over a year. So yeah. like, I think he just has a history of really being quarterback friendly. I love how much how he dials stuff up. Like There's always some sort of trick gadget play that they run. Especially anytime they're inside the five, that's my favorite time to watch Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. You saw the big fatty catch a touchdown. Eric yeah. Fisher got one. Got one, yep. And then they did the other stuff with like the split back stuff, and then they shoveled it underneath to the fullback. Like that kind underhand. of stuff. Cody yeah. Pizarro style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The panic underhand. Um yeah, that, that kind of stuff, it always amazes me because it's so hard to score, especially in the NFL, um, inside the five that uh when you can come up with ways to create easy touchdowns like that man your team's gonna be very good. yeah it's huge and i mean without further ado we want to get to this interview it was a great interview i think you guys are going to enjoy it so we're going to throw you to a quick ad and then we'll get right into the action with dakota shepley former riders o-lineman and currently with the 49ers direct west is a proud sponsor of the rouge report are you a busy business owner needing help with your marketing Things like updating your Google listing, thinking of a headline for a billboard, or making sure your website is in good shape? That's where Direct West comes in. Let them help with over 100 years of expertise at directwest.com. And we're back. Episode 16 of the Rouge Report. Our very special guest has joined us currently on the 49ers practice roster and formerly rookie of the year for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Dakota Shepley. Thanks for joining us. What up, boys? <laughs> the money man, money man. I'm gonna have to ask you for a loan here pretty soon, man. I'm gonna have to ask Get- you for a loan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's the good up, news is none of you are asking me for a loan. Yeah, I think you got a couple of years until last year. Shep, how's it going? I heard uh, you're at the facility right now, putting in the work. I am, man. It's a player off day today, but as you know, take no days off, baby. Of yeah, football a, a full time job with part time hours. I'm just putting in the work. Baby. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, the facilities. How does it rank compared to the beautiful facilities we got at Rough in the Rough Rider Land? I hope you're not being facetious because the the Rough Rider facility actually is really nice. That's what I'm saying. It's the best in the CFL. I personally, okay, yeah, agree. I've been, I've been I've been to some bad bad CFL uh, facilities. The Rough Riders have hands down the best in the league. I personally, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it is really nice here, though. I think <clears throat> my favorite part about this facility is the gym. Like the gym is, it feels like I'm on like some military base in the middle of the desert. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a big tent in the middle of uh, like all the practice fields. Um, and they literally have like, there's probably about like 20 double-sided racks, uh, every machine you can think of a huge hundred, you know, hundred yard turf just for the, uh, for the gym purposes. And it's lined with tents around it with its own, like, uh, deadlift platform with bars wow. at every platform. Is, is everything out of uh, Levi stadium? Yeah. Like we, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool how they do that you you practice right next to where you play uh-huh. and uh you're in the actual locker room um that you are going to get dressed in so 
How has football changed with all the COVID stuff? Is it kind of annoyance of all the things you have to go through? Do you get tested every day, by the yeah. way? Yeah, so the, the only difference I'd say, I guess, is the testing in the morning. Like even on player off days, you have to come in. Even if you're not coming in to do anything, you have to come get tested. And they stick the swab up your nose or do they, is it a not different like way? You've seen, the first thing that the nurse said, she's like, okay, it's not like you've seen on TikTok. It's, yeah. uh, it's a lot less tame. They literally, honestly... I feel like I've cleaned my nose more thoroughly with a Q-tip. Okay. Because yeah. that looks brutal. The stuff I've seen online, I'm like, who would want to get tested with all yeah, that no, craziness? It's not, it's not okay. like you've seen. And they just, they literally, it's like five, five seconds of a nostril, whatever. And then they, that's it. And it's like, all right, see ya. And then there's these, uh, these little like contact tracer, little, it's like a pager that uh, records if you've been in proximity of someone for over 15 minutes. Do you have to no. wear that uh, even on off days, even when you go no. home, or only, only when you're at the facility? Only when you're at the facility. Yeah. Wow. But other than that, it's like pretty normal. There's, you, you know, you got to wear a mask when you go get food from the calf. But other than that, that's it. That's pretty you, decent because uh, people have made it seem like you're like tickling your brain when you get those tests. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I had seen too. Like on. When when the, when the stuff first started popping off, that's all I saw on like Instagram and and Twitter and whatever. But it's really it's it's not as bad as it, it's been made out to be. Dang, yeah, that's intense. But before we get into um, kind of the CFL season you had last year and, and your college years, talk to me a little bit about your decision opting out and um, how many teams were interested when you opted out. Did you know that there was going to be some NFL interest, or were you just like, this is the best time for me since I'm not going to be playing football in the CFL in, in 2020? Yeah, no, I I, I knew there was, there was interest for me uh, down here before there was a opt-out clause before the CFL canceled the season, it was just a matter of doing it right and by the book. Mm -hmm. Um, when ultimately the season was canceled, uh, and there were a few teams, um, leading up to the opt-out clause period. Uh, and it really was whoever wanted to find me out first. And it was, thankfully it was San Francisco. There was, uh, I know we were talking about earlier states without income tax. Arizona was one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the other team was Seattle. So a lot of West coast teams, NFC North. And uh, yeah, it was just, they San Francisco hit me up and was like, send us a video of you working out, uh, you know, on the field. Just like lifting weights. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Check my Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, just to see if I was in shape and I was. And then I think the reason they did that is because it's more of an investment to fly guys out for workouts. Cause you have to, you have to pass three, three COVID tests before your workout. Wow. So they fly you out. It's like, okay, we got to put you up for four nights or three nights. And then, uh, then the workouts on the fourth day. So it's more of a commitment. From so the do team. you do anything on those three nights or you just kind of sit in a hotel for no, three days? Sat in a hotel for three days. Luckily I wow. brought like some resistance bands. Uh-huh. And I, was, I felt like I was like doing like prison workouts for real. Like I was doing <laughs> and, and push-ups and, for sure. you know, and squats and stuff. And then you got to go out and perform on that fourth day and you haven't done anything in the last three days. And right. you're like, man, can I, and this is obviously for an NFL team. So I, I think they take that into consideration. I would hope I think that they, they do did. too. I think they did. Yeah. They did too. It was, um, 
yeah, it was different circumstances, but like I was like taking sets in my in my in my hotel room, like moved the, you know the office chair out of the way and was doing sets in the mirror and stuff. So I was kind of <laughs> there. plus I was coming from from training uh, in Dallas. Uh-huh. So I was nice. prepared. Anyway, How much yeah. of a whirlwind was it like? What was the time frame between opting out and then having to leave or get into contact with all those teams? Was it pretty quick? Yeah, so the teams were interested. I'd say like all the teams that were interested were interested a week before the opt-out clause was a thing. And then mm-hmm. I opted out the first day I could. I made the workout video on that same day. And then the following day, uh, the San Francisco flew me out, man. Um, so they work fast. They work fast. Yeah, That's so for sure. Cause, uh, yeah, like I was, I was sitting in Windsor, uh, waiting to see if the CFL was going to have any kind of shortened season. They were just delayed at that point. And then a friend of mine who was training in Dallas that I was training with, uh, before I went back to Ontario, hit me up and was like, Hey, we're going to go on like a little road trip. <laughs> uh, we can swing by Detroit and I can pick you up and we can, you know, we'll go and we'll end in Dallas and then we'll train together again. And I was like, I might as well go if I'm just sitting around here waiting to see if the CFL has a season or not. So I went on this road trip, like a 10 day road trip. That's why I went to Denver and, and wow. Oz, we earlier and uh, it was long. And then we got to Dallas. I was in Dallas for a week, and then the CFL canceled, and then everything else happened. But uh, wow. yeah, it's been like I, I went from like, man, I'm gonna have no, like no job this this year. Uh, I'm gonna go on this road trip and spend money and whatever. I'm just like kind of you know get my mind off things, and then fast forward like a week and a half, and I'm working out for an NFL team. Yeah, the defending NFC champ NFL team. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, Which pretty is crazy. Cool. I, I got to ask you about this because last week was so crazy. And Isaac and I talked about it on our last episode about all the injuries. How was the yeah. Niners locker room after last week losing Nick Bosa, uh, Garoppolo? And uh, yeah, man, it was it was weird because like it didn't even feel like it was a win um, after, you know, when the game was all said and done. It was just, uh, it was kind of eerie, um, but luckily, you know, there's still players on this team who can obviously get it done the following week. But there was a big concern with like the turf at MetLife. I'm not sure if they if they did anything about it the following game. I don't think they did. Talking well, with someone, the guy, it was the same yeah, time. someone got hurt. I think the, this week at uh, MetLife. So, and that yeah. was a huge thing about it being sticky, right? Was that it? It's like it, it's uh, it's deep and to to remedy whatever was wrong with it last week they put sand in it instead of pellets wow then it from the way it was described to me by some of the guys in the line room they're like it just felt like we were playing in sand which is not better Uh (laughs) uh-huh like you can just like yeah it's not like you can just fix the turf yeah week or what you know so it's just do you get to travel with the team or no this week we did because we had uh we had back-to-back east coast games uh-huh. So we didn't want to fly coast to coast twice. So we actually flew to New York on a Saturday, played on Sunday, and then we flew to West Virginia and stayed at this actually like this really nice resort in uh, the middle of the like Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> um, really, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. it was really cool. It was like uh, I guess they started building this 
the structure of the place in early, in the late 1700s. It was like 27 presidents have stayed there. Uh, there was like a bomb shelter built into it during like the Cold War for the president. Like it was like a really cool historical place. Did anyway, they have any other guests at that place or was it just you guys? There was other guests, but like we had an entire wing of the hotel just for the team. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so we travel. I traveled this week, these past two games, just for that reason. And um, yeah, that's that's so cool. And this is kind of an aside, just um, because I don't know if a lot of people know it about you, but you've had kind of a history in the film business because you got to play Omega Red and Deadpool two, and you were a body double and Game Over Man, been an extra on Game of Thrones. Can you just talk to me yeah. about those experiences and like what your favorites have been? Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's kind of funny. Uh, something that I said, I kind of forget about all that stuff, especially when there's like, you know, the main focus is football, especially when I come out here and it's funny cause that's the first thing people ask me about. And <laughs> you find out you they find out in funny ways. Cause like you introduce yourself for the first time and then you find out that when you introduce yourself to people, they Google you. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I meet someone and I'm like, oh, Dakota, nice to meet you. Then they look me up, and then you know, five minutes after meeting me, they're like, "You were in Deadpool." And they're, <laughs> they're, you know, the phones out, they're on Google Images, and it's like, "Oh, so did you just Google everyone?" But you know, <laughs> uh, I gotta vet you. Funny, funny story, yeah. Um, yeah, that stuff's really cool, man. Hopefully, hopefully the uh, the uh, the NFL experience somehow gets me new opportunities in the film business because it's really cool to do that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think I could. There's no way I could be a, a full-time actor and a football player because you you film for like 14 day, hours a day and oh, the man. whole day you're eating like muffins and <laughs> bagels and just drinking stupid amounts of coffee all day. So it's just like there's no way you could have some kind of training regimen and uh, and also be doing it at the same time. So it's that stuff's real cool, but football i gotta focus on football right now because if i try and do both it's it'll it's not possible yeah mm -hmm. for sure and how, how did you like kind of get your start in it oh well at ubc i mean everyone asks me that here especially it's like if you live in vancouver long enough you'll end up being in some kind of tv show or commercial or movie mm -hmm. um, i was just sitting in my locker room one day at ubc and like a film a production crew came through and they were taking pictures of the locker room and i kind of asked them oh you guys filming a movie they're like yeah you want to be in it <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah it's a football movie you want to be in it yeah sure so i ended up being an extra in the hallmark film as a football player like we were just playing football on the on the field during some practice of whatever the movie was and uh once you do one extra thing, they input all your information as an extra, your eye color, hair color, height, weight, build, skin, complete, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they type in what, what kind of person they're looking for in the future. And if you fit the description, they'll give you a call and say, come audition uh, for this production, whatever it is. And when it, when that happened with Deadpool, I went for a fitting as an extra, uh, hair and makeup and they take your picture and they they pin the picture to your outfit so they remember what you look like and then after i did that i got a call from a uh the uh this casting director and she was like hey dakota we're looking at your picture right now and we like the way you look we want to upgrade your role to uh 
you know, a featured person in the, in the, in the movie. Can you fly to LA tomorrow? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So we went and did like a mold of my face so they could do the prosthetic makeup without me actually being there. And then I became this like X-Men super villain that there's like fans of. Uh, <laughs> that is so cool. cool. Yeah. Like after, after camp, it was so, it's so bizarre. Like, after camp uh with with the riders people were coming up to us like when we were in saskatoon they were coming up to me with uh with like action figure playing cards if you can imagine like mm, yeah and i was i was signing those more than i was signing football stuff like there was like <laughs> like serious like comic book fans that are fans of me which is just strange i looked it up it said over 30 Movies and over 30 TV series annually in Vancouver are filmed, which yeah, they, I would they ass- call it Hollywood North. Yeah, and I, I would assume where you're at now, San Francisco is probably about 15 a year. I would assume that there's a lot uh, there as well. So there's it's a good market for it uh, to kind of jump in over Fran? into it. San Fran, yeah. It, the, yeah, the thing is, the reason that they film so much stuff in Vancouver is uh, – the, they don't have to pay as much taxes um, and stuff. So that's why they don't film in LA because LA is a great place to film, but it, it costs a lot of money to shut the city down. And the city really shafts you when it comes to, you know, reserving blocks yeah. of the city in Vancouver is like, yeah, come do it here. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll do it for half the price. It's really like a bidding war. Wow. Um, I'm hearing, hearing now that uh, Atlanta, Atlanta is like the next spot to film mm. stuff because you know it's a big city uh and you don't really it's kind of ambiguous as far as where it is and uh-huh. uh, a lot of a lot of cool pockets of places to film there so that's word on the word on the street in the film industry that's the new spot after your uh 15 year football career you could go the way of the rock dude <laughs> just start starring in blockbusters yeah right um <laughs> someone told me Actually, it was George. Uh, George Kittle told me yesterday or two days ago. He's like, "Man, you look like Seth Rollins from uh, <laughs> WWE wrestler." Mm-hmm. He's like, "He's from Iowa. I met him one time. You look just like him. I thought you were him when you got here." So maybe, maybe. I got WWE maybe. in the future. Maybe, and then you can buy the CFL and save the CFL. How about that? <laughs> okay, <we'll see. laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to save my uh, my rent check right now. Exactly. Talk about buying the CFL. How long have you been growing your hair out? I man, that's the, you're the. Someone asked me that yesterday, and I f- figured out the time. And then someone asked me today, and now you're the third person. It's just so weird how that happens. But uh, two and a half years. Two I haven't cut years. it. In two and a half years. Last time I cut it. Do you foresee yourself cutting it at all? Dude, I was going to chop it all off today. That's why I. What? That's why I figured out how long I've been growing it for. I Are just, you that uh, bored in the hotel room that you're like, oh, I should just cut my hair? <laughs> yeah, it's just like when, whenever we go through like a walkthrough where we're not wearing our helmets or a pre-practice walkthrough where we don't have to wear our helmets yet, my hair's just in my face, man. Yeah. Man, why am I doing this to myself? Like I need a headband or something and I never have yeah. one. Yeah. It's so annoying. I'm just kind of getting sick of it. I wake up and I got like a mouthful of hair. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a hassle. I don't know. Maybe time for a switch. Wow. Maybe not. No. So a, a chopped up uh, Dakota Shepley, huh? That would be that would be a sight to see now. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm not going to cut it today because the <laughs> the hair the barber that comes in on Tuesdays is fully booked. So that maybe that's a sign. But yeah. uh, <laughs> he's going to be like, "What do I do with this?" <laughs> yeah, right. I, uh, I'll give it another week. We'll see. We'll see how I play this week, and if it's if I, if I'm not as good as I think, it's probably the hair's fault. So it it no could question. be a superpower though. Some people uh, dedicate their hair to the superpower. Yeah, I've been calling myself Samson. If I cut my hair, I'll lose all my strength. But, yeah. um, that's pretty funny. Yeah, we'll give it a week. I'm going to give it one more week. That's my that's okay. I'm two and a half years, and it's bought itself one week. Right, that's a tough ship you run over there, Shepley. Yeah, my ship. And you, you uh, kind of mentioned UBC a little bit. I kind of want to go into those days because you played five seasons for the old Thunderbirds and actually won a Vanier Cup. So yeah, yeah. Just uh, kind of take um, me through that experience. Well, that was different. Like I was never, I had never even heard of UBC before I went out there, which is uh, kind of crazy. We, I was getting recruited a lot in like Ontario and like Eastern Canada, I guess. And I got a call from the head coach at the time who said, come out to Vancouver. If you don't like it, you get a free trip to Vancouver. You've never, I'd never been to the West Coast before. So I went out there and obviously fell in love with it. Uh, redshirted my first year and, uh yeah in my third year there ended up winning the vanity cup uh blake nil it was coach nil's first uh first season there uh we ended up winning it all uh we had like a stacked i think like we had like nine guys get drafted to the cfl the following year uh loaded yeah like we were like very good uh we had like four guys that came from division one programs in the states who were Canadians um, coming back home. So it was, it was just the perfect situation there. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm if I'm not mistaken, you won on a last second field goal. Is that right? Yeah. Like there were, the time was expired and it I think it was 24 to 24. And uh, yeah, last second field goal, no time left. But <laughs> someone pointed out to me a, a couple months ago, a friend of mine said, uh, we would have won the game if we kicked it out of the back of the end zone because <laughs> <laughs> of the CFL rules. I'm pretty yeah. sure if you miss a field goal, it goes out of the back of the end zone. That's one point. Yeah. So everyone's like holding their breath, hoping we make this field goal. And really all Quinn had to do was just boot it. How far <laughs> was the, do you know how far the field goal was? Uh, I think it was, I think we were on like the 19 or like, in, like somewhere around the 20, like it wasn't a very long field goal. Uh-huh. But we were going against Montreal, and they had like a pretty big defensive line, and they had big guys on field goal block. So it was like one guy almost. I think he might have got a finger on the ball. Still went through the uprights, but wow. you watch it in slow motion. Like he was like very close to blocking it. But again, like he had just booted it. <laughs> yeah, that takes a little <laughs> tension away from the last second field goal, like nerves. Right. Right. Did, didn't you see Coach Dickey working that drill last year in uh, training camp? Where uh, Brett would have to just shank the kick way left and just kick it out of the back of the end zone, like yeah. not even aim for the uprights. Yeah, was, there, just, was there a call for that? I don't remember the exact call, but there definitely is with the game online like that. There's no point because there most teams are going to try and block the field goal, right? So right. you kick around the block uh, and you just kick it out of bounds, you win the game. It's not as I think uh, the climactic, whole, but yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, like, he's thought process is you just don't want to ding it off the upright and not get a single That's true. point. Right, yeah, right, point. right. I remember him always saying, I've never done this in a game, but I would love to do it to win a game. <laughs> yeah. 
people would look around and be like, uh, did we just win? <laughs> they would be like, ah, oh. that would be such a like an emotional roller coaster for all the fans <laughs> <laughs> who don't understand the, the rules. Yeah. All the, the American most... fans. What are you doing? Oh, okay. Oh my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> big dubs. Yeah, big dubs. <laughs> So after after you won the cup, uh, the next two years the dinos seem to be your guys' little Achilles heel. They end your season back to back years. Um, was your team just talk to me through those years after coming off winning the championship, and then what the mindset was as a team? Uh, well, they all. Forward. I hate. I always hated Calgary. I uh-huh. mean, I respected the players on the team, but it was just like that was like their that was our rival in our conference, and they it was between us and them going to uh you know making it out of the conference and eventually the vanier cup they obviously had a lot more appearances but never won uh-huh. uh like we did um <laughs> but uh yeah it was tough like i said we lost like a lot of players um after the vanier cup year um so it was uh especially you know we lost a couple guys on the offensive line we lost uh like taylor loffler was our safety yeah uh, we had Terrell Davis and Mitch Barnett who weren't there anymore. Uh, we had a lot of veteran defensive linemen. Like, uh, you know, I think we lost four guys who were like key role players on our defensive line, um, defensive backs too. Like it was like, we were kind of almost decimated, but uh, we ended up making it to the the Can West final. And I mean, the, the last, the last play of my college career sucked because it was it was for the hardy cup in calgary we were up the game was like we won the game and they beat us on a last second 63 yard field goal 63 yard yeah so like i couldn't even like you know they're they're at the logo (laughs) yeah and you're like no way you're like no chance yeah so they beat us there and then they went to the Vanier cup and lost. So I guess it was for nothing. And that um, was, and that was your last play in college football. That was my last play at UBC was losing on a last second field goal, which is just what we get. And, you know, that's how we won the whole thing, but yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's Sucks, a tough way to go out. You know, so after that year, you signed with the Jets. Just talk to me a little bit about that experience compared to your experience now in the NFL. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm very grateful for having played the year for everything that you know I've been through since coming out of UBC. Everything I went through at UBC, uh, it was a, a massive culture shock because I had never played American football before uh, signing with an NFL team. It was just it was just a crazy first step into, you know, the American game. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course there, you know, you have OTAs. I signed as an undrafted free agent. So I had the whole preseason process to go through. I had OTAs and, you know, I was in the gym getting to know all the guys and everything. So that was, that was cool, but nothing OTAs and all that can't prepare you for, you know, live action reps against, Pro Bowl defensive lineman. I remember my first rep in practice ever. So I'm I, I'm fresh out of Canadian University. <laughs> my first rep in practice is a, a pass play, uh, like a five step drop, and I'm going against Leonard Williams. Wow! 
And everything they teach you in Canadian football is patience and timing for your punch. Uh-huh. And I was patient and I was waiting for, as soon as I thought when, when I had decided to punch, he was at my hip and had his hands in the quarterback's face. Welcome to the so, league rookie. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> it was just, thankfully it was just in practice, obviously not in the game or anything, but that was like, okay, well I need to rethink everything I've ever been taught, throw it out the window and just like relearn. Uh, Andrew probably like, Whoa, you're way too close to the line of scrimmage, buddy. Oh my God. Man. <laughs> It is, uh, it is, there's no way to describe it unless you're actually doing it. Cause everyone's like, Oh, does it, you know, they're going to be, you know, right on the ball. I'm like, yeah, but I'm a guard. I can set back a little bit. No, it's like, <laughs> you can't, you can't get away. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you set back. I set back off of the center in the Canadian game and give myself a little more space and, it's just you, you lose that yard one way or another. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's a completely different game. So, yeah, coming up, it was a huge culture shock and honestly one in hindsight that I wasn't ready for. So I'm I'm so thankful that uh, the riders took me and I ended up having the season that I did in Canada because I needed I needed a year of uh, playing professional football. And I think even how to prepare, you know, for yeah. mentally for practice and, and get ready for a game. Like I needed all that under my belt before just like jumping into, uh, to the NFL, because, you know, even as a college player, if you, if I had gone to like an NCAA program, all the guys here that, you know, they get drafted in the NFL and whatever, they're coming from programs that are highly regimented. Like if you think of like an Alabama, or Clemson or University of Michigan, any you pick one. Yeah, it's uh, they're prepa- they're preparing you to play in the NFL, and that's not really the mindset flat out of of Canadian universities. Um, so it's uh, I needed that that professional experience for sure. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about our offensive line last year for the Riders. I mean, we had a lot of veteran guys. What was the biggest mm-hmm. thing you kind of took away? Because I think that really helped you from seeing you week one to seeing you in the West uh, Western final. Like your progression was tremendous and everyone mm-hmm. knew you had the talent. It was just understanding the game more, right? Uh, watching yeah. film and getting the more of the preparation side. And it seemed like, you know, I would say by like week five, week six, it was like you were turned into a veteran all of a sudden. So. Yeah, just talk to me a little bit about that and the guys and, and what you took away from guys like playing with Dan Clark and even Thad uh, Coleman, even Philip Blake, a guys who played guard for a long time, got hurt, you know. So yeah. just talk a little bit about that. So it was great. It was great being in the in the same line room as guys like you say Phil Blake and and Blue. Um, they they know the ins and outs of being an offensive lineman in the league. So just watching how they prepare and how they conduct themselves in practice you know a big thing for me it wasn't necessarily the games it was practice like watching how these guys practice and and their mentality going into indie and going into team periods and team run you know they're really like they're preparing themselves for what their mindset's going to be in a game when this play is called so seeing how these guys function on the field uh, was really big for me and then off the field I looked to someone like Dan who is in his playbook more than anyone and is uh, is in the film room more than anyone and understands the playbook in and out um, that was someone that I really looked to to 
to teach me how to prepare off the field. Um, you know, and that's how he does everything he does. Yeah. So that helped me, um, you know, mature as an athlete throughout the season, uh, you know, exponentially as it, as it turned out. And that's exactly it. And Dan Clark's one of those guys, he would ask me questions and I'm thinking in my head, like, when would a center ever need to know that? And sure right. enough, like in the game, like he needed to know that and and it helped him set the right call. And I'm thinking like, man, never have I had a center before ask about past concepts and what mm-hmm. kind of concept they're running out there. And, and you're exactly right. And so being able to see that even as me as a young quarterback um, was like, man, if it means that much to him, I need to know everything that's going on with the offensive line play and everything like that. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's he knows what the receivers are doing. He knows what he knows everything that's going on on the field, so he's knows what he's prepared for and what to expect on the, during the game. It's just it's impressive. Yeah, not, no doubt at all. So I, I can't wait to see you uh, get some action in the NFL. Um, I know Isaac and I have been. It's been really fun to watch just the transition that we talked about from you going, you know, opting out selfishly enough. I was like, come on, man, stay with the writers, but. Yeah. Uh, unselfishly obviously we're we're super happy for you we have one last segment i think we want to do here it's called the two minute drill i don't know if you've listened to our podcast before but basically okay so you already know uh kind of how it's gonna go we're gonna ask you questions you got two minutes the way we're gonna start it is i will ask uh, the first 10 questions and then isaac will ask the next uh 10 questions the record right now is uh bobby jurison with uh 23 i believe so we got high hopes for you this uh for you shep all right let me dial in here yeah dial in uh isaac you ready oh yeah okay i will start the timer after the first question goes okay okay how many vanier cups does ubc have three can you name one of ubc's three heck Crichton award winners uh sean olson if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza. If you could pick one superpower, what would it be? To know every language. Game on the line. Would you rather hit a five-foot putt, make a free throw, kick a field goal, or score a penalty kick in soccer? Make a free throw. If you could time travel to any decade, which one and why? 1960, because that's when the best music was made. First thing you do in the morning? Uh... Take a pee. <laughs> best, way you, best way you learn, reading, watching, or listening? Watching. What is a good name for a pet hamster? Uh, Cheddar Bob. <laughs> Who do you admire most and why? Uh, uh, Brad Pitt, Slays Rolls. <laughs> uh, trade lives with anyone for a day. Who would it be? Uh, probably Brad Pitt. <laughs> Smoothie or milkshake? <laughs> Smoothie. Favorite TV show character? Oh, uh, Walter White. Why? Uh, he's a he, he he's a he's a badass. Yeah. Favorite movie quote? Uh, a man can change his stars. A Knight's Tale. Uh, favorite underrated band? Uh. Uh, underrated band. Um, 
I don't listen to underrated. Oh, Bad Sun, Love baby. It. Biggest addiction. Oh, ice cream. If you're running for office, what would your slogan be? Uh, <laughs> um, go big or go home. Gnarliest skater alive today. Nigel Houston. Time. Shepley, underrated bands. We thought you would have ripped through that. We thought you would have something. Well, hey, man, Bad Sons just put out a single last night at midnight, so go ahead and check that out. Oh, oh yeah, really? Baby Blue Shades. It's a banger. Yeah, I love the Bad Sons. They're, and they definitely are underrated. No question. I saw them in Denver. 18, Shep. Damn. 18? I, I Man, you spent like 30 seconds on underrated band. Well, all I could think of was like Kiss. <laughs> and I'm like, they're the most. <laughs> Highly rated band of all time. Oh, old Gene Simmons want, and Peter Chris. I definitely want to talk about your little man crush you got on Brad Pitt. Back to back questions. You went Brad Pitt well, on the brain. Was, uh, it was just funny. Have you ever seen that uh, that Jeopardy clip? It's like <laughs> Jeopardy in Britain where the guy answers turkey to every I, question. Dude, I knew exactly <laughs> where you were going with that. Yeah, he's like, turkey. Name something you bring to the beat, turkey. He's like, what you have on Thanksgiving. He's like, turkey. <laughs> oh, man, um, that's hilarious. I just watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that guy is undefeated in that movie. So I just, that's all I can think I just kept thinking yeah, about him yeah, in yeah, Fight you... Club when you kept mentioning Brad Pitt. Oh, that's what it was. Dude, I watched Fight Club on the plane on the ride home. Dude, I mean, we shouldn't be talking about it, but great movie. He doesn't have yeah, right. <laughs> He doesn't uh he doesn't miss. No. Uh game on the line, you're shooting the free throw, huh? Yeah, that's the I think I think that's the hardest thing to do. I think the, what, what, were, what were the options again? Five foot putt, make a free throw, kick a field goal, uh ten yard field goal, or score a penalty kick in soccer. The free throw is easily the hardest thing there. You're taking the hardest thing? Yeah, because I'm gonna. Make I mean, it. did you hear his campaign okay, slogan? Right. It's "Go big or go home." So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, man, we, that was uh, pretty impressive, though. Well, we thanks, man. we definitely appreciate your time, Shep, uh, taking away from uh, your NFL film study and getting ready for <laughs> the, this week. But uh, just know you got two huge fans, and Isaac and I, and I know a lot of our listeners out there are really eager to see you get back on the no field. No question. Thanks, boys. Yep, appreciate you. We'll stay in touch for sure. Later. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Rouge Report, presented by Young's Equipment, a Rough Rider podcast. The Rouge Report is brought to you by Young's Equipment, your case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Young's is home to a wide selection of new and used case IH combines to meet your needs for any size farm. Their experienced technicians and a wide selection of parts will keep you running all season. Go to youngs.ca and use podcast code ROUGE, R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a writer's prize package.